today is a special day in the life of our church and a special weekend in the life of our nation because we celebrate Veterans Day. And you know, we have Memorial Day where we stop and we say, God, thank you for those that gave the ultimate sacrifice so that we could enjoy the freedoms we enjoy. And then we have to stop and say, thank you for those who gave and sacrificed. They didn't give their life, but boy, they gave their life in service for us. And we're grateful for that. And so we want to stop today and say thank you to all of those who have served and those who continue to serve that make it possible. You realize they make it possible for us to have the freedom that we enjoy today to worship and to come together. And so we just are grateful for that opportunity. In fact, uh, in celebration of that and in honor of that, uh, we've invited a, a young man to come and share with us. And Trevor Carpenter, who is a lieutenant commander in the Navy and a chaplain, is going to come and share with us. And I, what I love about Trevor is he grew up in uh, an Army home. So, man, I mean, you know, if you grow up in an Army home, you know you live here every few years and move around. And then after that, you still choose to go into the military. That's really uh, special. But God called him into that place of service, and we're so grateful and he has a great word for you. He shared that with us in the early service, and I'm confident that God's going to speak through him in this one. So we're going to pray for him also in this time. So join me as we pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you for the way that you are at work in our heart and lives. Thank you for the reminder that you've given us today that every day is a good day when, when you're with us and you are always with us. Thank you that you can take the worst of circumstances and turn them into good. And, and I'm asking you to do that for many people that are watching today because they're going through some challenges. And, and as we walk through those challenges, we don't see the good. So I pray that you would just give them the confidence of your presence and your spirit would put your arms around them to hold them in this time and, and, and that they will come to trust and, and place their confident faith in you and see that happen in their life. We join together to pray for the needs that have been brought and shared and those that will be shared and those that are tucked away in our heart. And then, Father, as we open your word, we pray that you would speak to us, encourage us, challenge us. God, we just thank you. I often tell you some of the best gifts you ever give us are people. And some of the best gifts of people we don't even know. People willing to say yes to serve so that we can be safe and secure. And we're grateful for our veterans today. And, and so we thank you for them. And uh, thank you that you're going to speak to us today. Speak through Trevor and then open our hearts to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. Well, it's great to be here and it's great to be with y'all. I got to tell you, it's such an honor. First thing, first things first, I got to tell you, I, I, I grew up in Texas. Like Dr. Marsh said, I grew up, born in San Antonio, grew up out in West Texas. Uh, I do not live in the great state right now. Um, and, and let me just tell you, it is great to be back in the Republic of Texas, man. I got to, yeah, some of y'all, yeah, you can clap that off if you want to do that. That's totally fine. It's great to be back in the Republic. I, I, uh, uh, my name is Trevor, at least that's what my mom called me, and so uh, uh, it, it, and I, just a great opportunity. I'm an old friend of Brian Gilmore's. We've known each other for about 23, uh, 24 years. We were both youth ministers together in a part of South Texas. Now, when, I'm, when I tell people, especially in the Metroplex, that I ministered in South Texas, 
Everybody goes, oh yeah, San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, that's South Texas. You know, well, no, we ministered. When you get to San Antonio, you still got four hours more of driving, right? Before you got down to McAllen, which is always funny because I didn't know the Scots settled down there, but we were down there in McAllen and we knew each other and uh, it's been a great uh, opportunity just to build a friendship. But I've also, I'm familiar with Southcliffe, I'm familiar with Dr., uh, uh, the, you know, pastor here and, and, and Dr. Mar, your ministry here and uh, just uh, uh, observed you from a distance and appreciate how, you, how God has worked through you. And I know just a few weeks ago, uh, the church celebrated 25 years of service here. So uh, man, thank you for your just diligent work uh, of consistent love and leadership. And it really is an honor to be in your uh, pulpit here today. So um, yeah, so a little bit about me, so you know that they didn't just grab me off the street and say, hey, can you fill in today? Uh, uh, I am a Navy chaplain, uh, uh, born, raised Texas, uh, like I said, out west, came to, to Dallas actually, went and did my undergrad here, and then went out and did my seminary work at Hardin-Simmons University. Y'all know where Hardin-Simmons is at, right? There's some seminaries where big libraries, all that kind of stuff like Southwestern. And then there's other ones that some seminaries, that, like they have seminary and they have a rodeo team, you know? So that, that's where I went. And so uh, went out to school out there, uh, pastored a little bit. And then uh, the Lord called me into uh, the military. I grew up in an army household out in El Paso, out in Fort Bliss. In fact, let me ask you this real quick. Just, if you don't mind, we're gonna have you stand. Um, uh, do we got any people that, that served as veterans in the army? Just stand, if you're in the army, if you'll please stand. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you, thank you very much. Awesome, awesome. A lot of respect for the army. Uh, well-organized, you men and women that served. Like I said, I grew up, my, our family, we were in the, we were in the army uh, uh, and grew up in, in understanding all that. And so uh, since I'm doing that, let's just do this. How about those of y'all that did really well on your test scores and were the top students? Where's the Air Force? Any Air Force people in here? That's sort of the military. There you go. Yeah. All right. Air Force. Yeah. I make that. I make that joke because when you're in the Air Force and a lot of other branches tease the Air Force about not really being in the military and all that kind of stuff, but really we're all just jealous that none of us could get in the Air Force, you know. So, uh, and, and by the way, Air Force, and I know this is kind of new, but it really is a branch that, that has some pretty substantial stuff, especially lately with cyber warfare. Anybody in Space Force in here? I know when I say that, somebody's like, no, that's a real thing. You know, no, no, it is a real thing. Part of the, the cyber warfare world now that is a really big, you know, forefront of our world. I mean, think about this today. If, if, if our adversaries were to cut our technological network, and I'm not just talking about you can't go to Facebook anymore or you can't check out your, how your fake sports team did on Fantasy Football Day. I'm talking about MRI scanners, street lights, all that stuff is through a digital age. It really is kind of a powerful thing. So uh, powerful stuff there. So thank you guys for Air Force and Space Force. All right, now, here, now kind of closer to home to me, uh, where are the sailors at? Are there any Navy guys out here, Navy men or women out here? There you go. Thank you. All right, absolutely. Thank you. Hey, and by the way, uh, shipmates, thanks for showing up today. Because with sailors, you never know. Maybe they're going to show up. Maybe they're not going to show up. So, yeah, always good for that. And then at the same time, another part, any Coast Guardsmen or women out there? Any Coasties out there? You got any Coasties? All right. Fantastic. There you go. Yeah. All right. All right. Last but not least. <laughs> and when I say it, if you're going to be like the last service, you're probably going to grunt when I say it. Uh, not, not just happy Veterans Day, but uh, for all you devil dogs out there, happy birthday. Where are my Marines at? Where are, the, where are the Marines at here today? All right, there you go. 
Yeah, thank you all. Um, and you gotta love them, you know, you really do. Uncle Sam's a misguided children. Uh, uh, I love it. Um, uh, you know, and, uh, as a Navy chaplain, um, I started my time serving on ships. I was on DDGs and served eight different ships and was at sea for four and deployed twice in, in, into the Middle East uh, uh, on ships. And then very quickly, the detailer called me over. In fact, I was joking out there with Hugh, uh, who was in the early service. Hugh was the Marine advisor to the CBs of NMCB 22. That's one of my battalions actually right now, Dr. Mar, that I'm with. And so... Uh, they called me on the phone in the middle of a deployment, and I'll never forget this. You Marines and sailors, you know that with the detail and the monitor, you don't really tell him what you want. He, he, he entertains that idea for about three seconds, you know, and then he tells you where you're going next, right? Because they're not called suggestions, they're called orders, right? And I remember being on the phone in the middle of a deployment, and, and I was a lieutenant at the time, he said, you know, uh, hey, LT, we're sending, none of, you got none of the choices that you picked for. They're not open, because they never are. It's like you get to the restaurant, and they're all out of, you know, tortillas or something like that, right? So he said, you know, we're sending you to Hawaii. And I remember thinking, I don't remember what I was doing, but I think I floated back to, of all the places that I could have got assigned, I got assigned back to Hawaii. And, and for the remainder of my time, spent the time with the Marine Corps, uh, was with 3rd Marines, and then uh, was uh, with, uh, uh, in logistics, and then with infantry, and then uh, had a couple of different smaller assignments with smaller groups, and then ended up at the School of Infantry at Camp Pendleton. Any, any of you Marines go through Camp Pendleton? That All right, yeah, so a Hollywood Marine as opposed to the, the East Coast. I mean, that's what they call them, right? And I'm like, man, I don't care what you call me, man. San Diego's great, you know. So, uh, if, and then they, they ended up sending me out to Hawaii, which is funny when you tell, when you're a native Texan and you tell people in Texas that you're stationed in Hawaii, right? Because they just assume you're on vacation all the time. And I try to relate it. I try to go, listen, how do I make it sound, how do I, how do I help a Texan understand what life in Hawaii is like? And I'll ask them, do you, have you ever been to Galveston? And they go, yes. And I go, well, it's nothing like Galveston, all right? And then I'll ask a few of them, have you ever been to South Padre? And they go, oh yeah, we love South Padre. Man, it's, I go, it's nothing like South Padre, you know? So um, uh, stationed out there and then I ended up uh, finalizing my active duty out there. I work in the healthcare industry now, uh, Ohana Pacific Health. It's actually the state's largest healthcare system and, and I work with them. So it, it really is a great chance to be here and serve and break open the capacity of, of God's word for that. Are y'all ready for that? Are y'all ready for God's word? Man, I hope so because it changes you more than anything else. Y'all turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. That's going to be our key verse that we're going to anchor everything off of. And so if, you, if, if I could be a little bit clear on where we're going today. Today we're honoring a life of service and sacrifice to our veterans. However, even if you're not a veteran, we're going to stop and look about what a life of service and sacrifice looks like. Because you and I, we are most like Christ. Pa uh, uh, pastor was telling me a, a, a number of us this morning, we are most like Christ when we live a life of service. We are most like Christ when we live a life of service. And so in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, in his first letter to the Corinthians, he walks us through a number of different issues. The Corinthian church, which is a small town right outside of uh, the city of Athens, uh, it was kind of a church gone wild, right? And so as he's wrapping up and walking them through these letters and what that looks like, he begins to finalize his chapters by making some last points. And in those last points, he gives this in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 through 14. This is, the, this is the reading of God's word. Everybody say word. The reason why I say that because this is the word that's going to change us. Nothing I say, 
right? This is the word. God's going to speak through his word, and he's going to change our hearts. And this is what it says here, starting in verse 13. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. And this is the reading of God's word. May we be blessed by it. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for uh, old friends. And I thank you for new acquaintances and, 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 and introductions, Lord. I also thank you, Lord, that most importantly, we're going to take a moment and we're going to stop. We're going to open our hearts and open our minds and ask you to speak to each one of us. And Lord, I admit that I need your grace right now because, Lord, we're asking for clarity. In a world of confusion and chaos, we're asking for clarity. And in that clarity, would we be convicted, not condemned, but convicted, And out of that conviction would we be changed so that when we leave this room or if we're watching online when we're done observing this, that we would be one step closer to you than we were when we first started. My study in this time of even offering this message is my gift to you. Would you be blessed by it? I love you, Lord. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, and let all that you do be done in love. Now, this this text here, the context about it, it's actually a frequent command that's used, this type of language of like, be strong, be courageous. Some of your translations might even not even have the part of act like men. It may just say courageous. In the Greek, literally anthropos, it means to act, be courageous like a man. And, And we see this not only in this passage, but we see this kind of theme all throughout the Bible. Right, if you were to go back to some of the Old Testament stories, like Deuteronomy chapter one, you've got God talking to Moses, and he's he's talking to Moses specifically in verses six and seven. He says, Moses, be strong and courageous. Don't live a life in fear or dread of the adversary, for the Lord your God goes with you. So there's this idea that if we're really gonna be serious about people who don't just know the word, boy, if I could say one thing to this service in particular, We have so many different resources in the world today to study the Bible. We have so many different Bible translations. We've got more podcasting outlets. This is like this is like this is like being a wine lover and living in Napa Valley where you just got vineyard after vineyard, church after church, right? We've got more accessibility. We are home to five different universities in Fort Worth and one seminary. We have tremendous resources. We don't just need to be people who know the word. We need to be people who live the word. And so in this idea, if we're going to live this passage out, right, we've got to understand that a lot of us are like Moses. And we need to be reminded that the Lord goes with us. You're not alone tomorrow. Listen, for those of y'all that aren't in school or whatever, like I'm with you tomorrow morning, nine o'clock, I'm back to work at a hospital tomorrow with the staff, right? Working in it, right? And I will, and I, and I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of times when I get out of the car, I start second guessing myself time after time after time about what I'm supposed to be doing. Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, is it we present in the right way? And I, you walk into that room, the Lord is saying to you out of his word, be strong and courageous. I'm going before you. If you have any semblance or grew up in any kind of church setting, you're slightly familiar with another one of these stories. The next generation of leadership for the nation of Israel when it's passed on from Moses goes to Joshua. And what does he say in Joshua chapter 1? Chapter 1 verse 6 and 7, Joshua, be strong and courageous. And in verse 7 he continues on and says, only be strong and courageous. Like there's not another option. 
Doesn't just stop with Moses and Joshua. Most of us know that passage. But in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 20, David looks at Solomon, his son, and he says, be strong and courageous. And then I love this part right here. He says, and then just do it. Go and be the king. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Why? Because the Lord God, even my God. See, David goes, even my God, Solomon, you understand, not just a God, but this God is with you. And I love this last part of verse 20 in First Chronicles. He says, he's not going to leave you or forsake you until all the work of the service of the house of the Lord is finished. What God starts, he will complete. So be strong and be courageous. Psalm 27 verse 14 says, wait on the Lord then. Then we're to wait on the, this goes back to that first Corinthians passage, right? These are kind of these supporting verses, right? To understand what am I to be like? How, what does this look like? How do I live this out? I want my life, like the song said, I want my life to be a blessing. So what does this look like? Well, we wait on the Lord, Psalm 27 verse 14 says. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait upon the Lord. So if you're taking notes today, there's a couple of things I want you to jot down. We're going to break this down a little bit, and we're kind of going to do it in kind of a military fashion, all right? For those of you all that work logistics, you understand that when you're setting up a system or you're setting up a drill or you're setting up an exercise or an evolution or some kind of maneuver, you're going to do three major things. You're going to set your sight on the goal, right? You're going to build a strategy, and then you're going to have a tactic, right? You Air Force people are familiar with the term OODA loop, right? You're going to observe, you're going to orient, you're going to decide, and then you're going to act, right? You Marines are familiar with the MCPP, right? The, 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 the planning there. I didn't say something bad there. It's actually a planning process. We're going to, we're, we're going to build a COA. We're going to work that out. We're going to form that out. So let's jump back down to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and we're going to see that the Lord's got a course of action for us in putting this out. And it's real simple, all right? You seminarians, I'm not a scholar, right? Some of you graduated top of the line, right? Val, um, um, magna cum laude. I, I'm not that. Right? I'm from West Texas, right? What's the goal? Well, I get that from the first word right there, be. The action direction that it's taking. Be. 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 Be watchful, Okay? Well, what does it look like? Well, let's let the Bible comment on the Bible. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, it says that our goal, we should therefore stay awake, for you do not know when the Lord is coming. So that's a goal. We should live our lives being watchful. Watchful for what? Watchful for who's going to be the next president? Watchful for who's going to get elected into Senate? No, that doesn't ruin God's day. There's never a point where an election process comes out and God goes, man, I did not see that coming, Peter. Let's go to plan B. He never does that. He, God rules the universe with his feet propped up. And like the children's song, he has the whole world where? In his hands. And he's going to wrap all this up at some point. I don't know if it's this generation or what. I mean, I know there's a lot of people. Well, man, we, you know, I just know this, that our Savior tells us, be watchful. That's the goal. Live our lives with the immediacy that something big is about to happen. That's the goal. Now, what's the strategy? Well, that's the next part. We're to, like, we're to uh, act in a certain way. Kind of like in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. In those passages, particularly in 2 Samuel chapter 10, verse 12, it says that we're to be of good care, courage and let our courageousness be out among the people. 
and also to the cities of God. And may the Lord do what seems right to him. All right, so we're to be watchful and then we're to act a way where we're to be courageous, not in our own courage, right? Not in the courage of being like, man, we're really awesome. Hey, by the way, I, 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 Dr. Moore, I'm so sorry. I just kind of woke up to current events. There's a lot of big things that have been going on in the world. The Rangers just won the World Series. Yeah. No, seriously, Connor, the Rangers, the Texas Rangers. Man, when I was here, We'd go to Arlington Stadium, and remember we'd all cook and fry in the Arlington Stadium where it just absorbed heat, right? And then they built like the, 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 the brick stadium that changed the name a bunch of times, and then, and then they went and they built that big grill cooker, you know, where they finally won a World Series in, right? We could kind of stick our chests out of that. Boy, I had friends texting me, hey, Trev, I don't know if you pay attention out there in the middle of the Pacific, but the Rangers won the World Series, and that day, my chest kind of stuck out a little bit higher, Right? And even better, they beat the Astros to get there, right? That was awesome. That's not the kind of courageousness I need to be. I don't need to be courageous in like where I'm from or the team I cheer for, you know? I need to be courageous. We need to be watchful and courageous in what? In the fact that the Lord is doing something and he's doing something not only across the globe, but he wants to do it here. Three times already this morning, I've heard your pastors pray for revival. Maybe you need to chew on that and you need to figure out where your place in that revival needs to, to be at. By the way, I've not used the word do. It's the word being. It's based in your identity, not in your performance. God doesn't love you based on your performance. He loves you because when he looks at you, you're created in his image. And he loves you. He loves you. Man, I like you, but he loves you. Like, y'all seem pretty cool. I'd want to hang out. I told Brian and Jessica last night at dinner, man, I don't know if I want to go to South Cook because I've heard great things about the church. What if I like it? And then I got to figure out what I got to do for a living to move to Fort Worth and be a part of the church, right? What if I like it too much, right? I like y'all. In fact, Dr. Moore, if the room caught on fire, I'd help people get out. I wouldn't push him down and pull a George Costanza and try to get out of the room first, Right? I'd help y'all get out. But let me tell you something. Listen to me. If my firstborn was here and the room caught on fire, I'd make sure she got out of the room first. Because I might love you enough to risk my own life, but I don't know about risking my firstborn's life. But that's what God did for you. He let his firstborn stay in the same room. And he let us get out at the cost of his own son. So you're not loved based on what you do. You're, you're loved based on what he's done. Be watchful and have courage in him. That's the strategy. And the last thing is the tactic. Okay, so what does this look like on a daily basis? Well, let's look down here. It's actually the first word in verse 14. It's the word let. Let what? Let all that you do be done in love. Two chapters earlier in chapter 14, Paul says, he gives out the tactic, he says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. So if you want to know what the tactic looks like on a regular level that builds up into an overall strategy, and that strategy gets us to our goal, let's start with the basics. Let everything you be, that you do be done in love. Pursue the gifting. 
that God has given you, that the Holy Spirit has indwelled you with. When you receive the Holy Spirit, he brought a bevy of gifts and all the gifts are diverse and they're to be useful, especially so that we could do what? It says speak prophecy. And that doesn't mean some kind of weird televangelist prophecy. Literally what it means is to speak truth to error. And boy, do we not live in a world that's filled with error now. You remember a couple weeks ago when pastor was preaching the sermon about sin and he described sin as basically missing the mark. You remember that just a couple weeks ago? Y'all remember that? Don't tell me you were sleeping in that sermon. I was watching it online and I saw it, right? Just to be one degree off, if I'm aiming for a target and I'm just, those of y'all that remember being out on the range, right, to qualify, if I'm just one degree off, I'm still missing the target. You don't have to be all the way off to miss it. You could just be still a little. It doesn't take a whole lot of junk to ruin something. Just a little bit, Right? You know one of the things that I love other than great Mexican food about, about Texas? Texas sheet cake. I got some good friends here, Connor and Elsa, uh, uh, th- th- that are in the service today. And um, uh, we-, we used to have this thing and we- we'd host this Bible study. And one of the ladies came and thanked us for hosting the Bible study. Big old Texas sheet cake. It was huge. It was huge, right? Think about that for a moment, man. You know, you get that sheet cake, especially somebody who's gifted at baking. And they have that cake, it's just so good, so tender, it's just perfect, that cake mixture. Can you taste it in your mouth? And then they get that chocolate icing, and it's just, it's just thick, it's just fantastic, right? Can you imagine it, right? What if we had that back out there at the Welcome Center? You'd go to the Welcome Center at that point, right? You'd be like, man, I, I'm here to maybe volunteer, maybe have some cake, you know, kind of, right? So what happens if we made this great big sheet cake, and then all of a sudden, I went back out on the back 40 and got a little bit of cow manure and just sprinkled just a little bit of manure all over the cake? Would you take it then? Some of you are like, I don't know, maybe I missed breakfast today, you know? That's all we got to do to be off. The 1% missing the mark, sin. If I took an aerial photo of this church right now, and we were to draw a circle, and we were to talk about a one-mile radius of the people that are living in chaos and confusion right now in this neighborhood, well, we'd have thousands. Maybe our best tactic, if we're going to be a lighthouse and a beacon, And a great church moving forward into the future is to understand that maybe what we need to do is we need to let love guide us. We need to be people who are spirit-filled and we need to speak truth to error. That's what he's talking about right here. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Verse 14, let all that you do be done in love. Now you may stop and go, okay, well, hold on, Trevor. It says be watchful. What am I supposed to be watching for? Man, look around. 1 Peter 5.8, there's one who roams like a lion. He roars as if he is the lion, but he's not. He's an imposter. But a lot of people are living in error, and they follow that roar. They run away. You ever watch those nature shows where lions are hunting? Who do the lions go for on those nature shows? They go for two animals in particular, the wounded and the lonely. We got a lot of people, maybe you're even here today, you're wounded, somebody hurt you in the past, some system disappointed you, maybe you're, 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 you're lonely. I'll tell you something, a, a, a lot of vets, right, small percentage of the American population, 0.5% of the American population serves in the military today, and yet we outreach and outgain in the percentage of suicides. 
lonely and wounded. We're going to talk about that at the Veterans Lunch, just briefly. We're not going to talk about the suicides, but we're going to let some of you warriors sing your song. The Kiowa Indians, when they would go out on their war parties, when they would come back, they would sit around the campfire and they would sing their songs of what they did. And that's what we're going to do a little bit today. We're going to let you sing your song because guess what? You're not alone. And while you've walked through moments of being wounded, man, Brian will tell you, last night, Jessica and Brian, uh, uh, man, isn't Brian just like a great pastor here? Isn't he just awesome? Man, he's just, he's a wonderful servant. And Jessica, she's like a firecracker, man. She's like, if you, if you don't, if you get the Kool-Aid, but you don't put it in the water, you just scoop it in your mouth, right? She's just sugar right there. And they were talking and they were bringing stuff and I was telling parts of my story. I didn't feel alone. Because the one who roars like a lion seeks the weakest ones, the wounded ones, the lonely ones. Now, maybe some of y'all are here today and you're like, no, Trevor, you don't understand. I may not have served or anything like that, but I'm a tough dude, man. I'm a tough Texan. I'm a lone wolf. I'm a lone ranger. We know for animals to survive, they have to hunt. And you're like, yeah, I'm a hunter. Man, I'm out on the hunt. I'm always on the prowl. I'm always grinding. I'm always working it. I'm always hustling. But I'm a lone dude. And you kind of do a flex, right? I'm a lone wolf. Did you know that the success rate of a wolf when he hunts alone is 5%? 5%. 95% of the time, the wolf fails. In fact, the only time the wolf slightly becomes successful is when the wolf hunts in a pack. And you may be like, well, I'm not really a, like, like a wolf then. All right. But I'm a tiger. I'm a predator. I'm a carnivore. Tiger's 5% success rate too. 95% of the time, a tiger will fail. You're like, all right, smart aleck, nature, Nat Geo guy. Who's successful? The most successful predator is African wild hunting dog. 85% success rate. 85%. Listen, I'm not a mathematician, but that's a B in the Texas school system, okay? That means good on the report card, right? Now, the funny thing is they only hunt in packs, And every single one has a particular role. Every single one has a job to do. And they go as a unit and they win as a unit. Now, why am I saying this and how does this fit into 1 Corinthians chapter 16? Because if we're going to let love rule in our lives and be done things in love and we're to be watchful and stand firm and we're to be courageous, you don't do it alone. You do it as a group. We all need our tribes. I belong to a tribe. I got a Thursday night group of young men. That we meet in my living room called the swim club because we like to go to the deep end of the pool. They like to ask crazy questions, pastor. Like, what were the Nephilim? You know, how can we never talk about those guys in the Bible, right? Or, or, or what about that part in Jude where, where Michael fights over, you know, uh, uh, Moses' body? You know, all that kind of crazy stuff, right? And so for the, for the swim team, that's the swim club that's online, man, greetings, man, all the way back here from the Republic. We all need a tribe. We all need a group. You don't do it alone. And how do we stand firm? The second part of that passage, stand firm. How do we stand firm? My folks have a tree farm in East Texas, deep East Texas, behind the Pine Curtain. You know what I'm talking about? The deep part of East Texas. Even the part of Texas that kind of goes, the rest of you all go, yeah, that's kind of country. That's weird out there, right? In the Arklatex region. But on that tree farm, even though we farm Loblolly Pine, we got these big old oak trees that have withstood just hundreds of years and, and just they stand the storms and they just stand the tests. Why? Because their roots go deep. So how do you stand firm? You got to grow deep. But you don't do that alone either. My wife's from Northern California. When we go up to see some of her family, we'll go to the Sequoia Forests, right? You've been to the Redwood Forest where the trees are 300 feet tall. 
Some of them weigh two million pounds, right? Huge trees. Some of them are 3,000 years old and they're right on the edge of the Pacific coast where the winds from the ocean come. And, 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 and just this constant battering of storms. How do those tall trees stand? Well, they did a depth study of the root system. The roots go not only 12 feet deep, but they go 14 feet wide and all of the roots are entangled with each other. So that when the storms come, you get where I'm going? When the storms come, they're all bound together. Listen, Christian, you don't want to be in the five percentile. You want to be in the 95 percentile. You got to go deep, stand firm, and grow connected with other people. When I was doing curriculum as a pastor in South Texas in McAllen, we used to call our curriculum Sembrados en la Buena Tierra, which means to be rooted in the good soil. That's how you grow. That's how you stand firm. But the problem is we live in a society where we go to Facebook and we put our highlights on Facebook. We may not get dressed up in our best clothes necessarily, but we'll put on our best mask to come to church. I don't know if I wanna share what I'm really struggling with because I wanna let everybody know that I got my act together. Man, I get it. I get it. When I moved here from West Texas and I started going to school at DBU as a freshman in college, man, I got here to the Metroplex. You gotta understand, man, when you're from El Paso, man, y'all have medians that are mowed with grass. Y'all have trees, like with leaves on them, you know? Everybody's got their act together. I drove to the thing and everybody looked perfect. Everybody had these nice cars. I thought, man, everybody's got their act together in the Metroplex. And I realized that it was a mask hiding, that everybody was hiding behind. You know, there's a Ghanaian proverb. I know that we've got Swahili translation here, right? So for the Swahili listeners, Habari Ghana Mama. Uh, uh, had a great time in, 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 in Kenya. And yeah, I've, I've always got this theory, Pastor God, Jesus loves everybody, but he loves Africans probably the most. So uh, uh, to all the people listening. But there's a Ghanaian African proverb that says, the antelope says that it never goes to war, but if you look at its skin, you'll see the scars. And maybe that's what we need to be. This is a place where you can come and show your scars. Because your duty's not done. You're not done. Hey, vet. When you got out of the military, what did they give you? The best piece of paper they could ever give, a DD-214, right? I didn't have to shave anymore. I had to start figuring out what I was going to wear, right? I was free because it meant I was off duty. To the veteran in the room, you may be off governmental duty, but you're not off kingdom duty. Philippians 1.6 says, he who began the good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Until when? The coming of our Lord. You're not, and for everyone in the room, whether military or not, you're not done until you're dead. You still have a place. We need you here. To the vet, we need you here. To the non-veteran who's walked through with scars, we need you here. There's an old story about a pastor who was greeting everybody in the back door and as they were coming out, he saw this young man that he only saw at Christmas and Easter. And the pastor stopped the young man and he said, young man, you look like a strong guy. You need to, you need to join the army of the Lord. And he said, well, I am in the army of the Lord. And he goes, no, I've never seen you before. I only see you at Christmas and at Easter. And the young man, pretty witty guy goes, well, that's because pastor, I'm a part of the secret service. <laughs> and that's what some of us are. We're part of the, we say we're part of the secret service. We're like ninjas. You slip in, you go, you slip out. Nobody sees you. 
And ladies, can, just for a moment, can I pick on the men for a second? <laughs> yes, I like that. Yes, I like that. You're like, all right, this passage right here says, act like men. And let me tell you, this is, this is a, this, you're led by a godly man. Like, literally, you're literally, I, I was watching you, Pastor, and I was like, man, man, Sam Donald, man, that, man like, the, like the cowboy actor, man. I, man, I dig that, man. Like Sam, Sam Elliott, right? Like, man, that's just awesome. Like, man, I hope when I grow up, I want to be like him. Like, like Pastor, man, like Dr. Marr, that, that's awesome. You know, we have these, we live in a society where they struggle to what, what masculinity is. We do. A lot of our men hide out, right? Hours, I'm not saying video games are bad, but they hide out pretending to be somebody else. Thousands of men will gather today and put on a jersey with some other man's name on their back, right? That's why we find ourselves in these internet worlds where we're hiding away. We think masculine, but then there's the other side. I think masculinity is wearing camouflage all the time, being a bourbon expert and having a a truck that's jacked up on high wheels. Ryan Mickler in his book, Sovereignty, says there's actually three components of what a good man is, a true man is. This is part of the notes if you're writing stuff down. A good man is a protector. And, and, and I know I'm in Texas. You're like, yeah, protection. I got a gun in my hip. I got a gun in the glove box. I may have a gun on me right now, preacher. You don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that kind of protector. If you're married, men, are you protecting the sanctity of that marriage? Can she scroll through your phone? Can she get on your computer? Can she, I mean, are you protecting? Let me, ladies, please understand, I'm on this on here. I'm not trying to speak for you. But I do know this after being married for 25 years. And because I'm a sailor, I've been married 25 years to one woman, right? You got to say that when you're a sailor, right? Because I'll say 25 years and then one day, yeah. no, one woman. My wife is not worried about if I'm going to be able to protect her physically. But what she wants to know is, is her heart safe? Is our house safe? Is the sanctity of our marriage safe? That's the kind of protector. Another P is the provider. And you're like, man, I make a good living. Look at my bank account. Look at my, I'm, a, I'm not talking about that kind of providing. I'm talking about, do you provide mentally? Do you provide emotionally for the people that are in your life? Listen, I got two daughters and they're both worth to me more than a thousand sons. But I got one daughter, bless her heart. I got to really go out of the zone to connect with her, Right? Because she just loves things that I don't naturally love. Is it okay that I'm being honest in front of you this morning? Okay, we're in church, right? If you can't be honest here. Like I, like I gotta work at it. One of them gets it. She loves being outside, surfing, all that kind of stuff. The other one, I love her. She's my princess. One's my lion, one's my falcon. But the one that's my falcon, she's the kind of girl, like I'm sitting there watching football and she goes, Dad, I've made a decision. I'm gonna follow a football team now. And I go, great, who? She goes, the Kansas City Chiefs. Because Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey. So what do I got to do? I got to find out about her world, you know? Because it's not just providing financially, it's connecting. And then there's the presider. That's the third P. Protector, provider, presider. Tomorrow morning, you're going to be given the provisions of, of, of having stewardship over your workplace. How are you looking at that as a ministry opportunity? This pres- that I'm presiding over what I've been given. God has given me gifts and talents and resources. How am I presiding over that? I am a steward of what God has given me. That's what that means. You know, when my wife, who's the number one theologian in my life, I don't know other ministers what it's like, but you know, the wife's the number one theologian. I give her the sermon. She goes, you forgot one other P. And I said, what's that? And she goes, be present. 
Be present. Quit scrolling on the phone. Quit trying to find out your life in light of everybody else's Facebook highlights. They're lying anyway about it, right? In fact, you could take a fast from all that and say, you know what, I think what I'm gonna do is tonight, we're just gonna focus on each other and we're gonna look at you, we're gonna have conversations. Remember that, do y'all remember that? Conversations, face to face, what that looked like? Being present. But that also means, men, that we don't just worry about what we're gonna do next week, right? Let, there's a book I read, I don't know if y'all are familiar with it, where it says, let tomorrow worry about itself, right? Today's got its own worries, right? And to cast all of your anxieties upon him. So you men, maybe we need to step up if you wanna fulfill that verse in verse 13 and 14, especially 13, protector, provider, presider, be present. I'll tell you what it's not, and this goes for everybody, men and women. I'll tell you what this verse doesn't look like. It doesn't mean that we need to be people who are instinct. We don't need to be animals. Animals do things out of instinct, okay? They do things that which comes natural. I feel like doing this, I'm gonna do this. I feel like doing this, I'm gonna do that. That's not what this passage is talking about. Don't be an animal. Don't, don't live in instinct. It also means don't live in insecurity. Boy, we're a metroplex full of insecure people. We throw tantrums all the time, don't we? If this happens and I don't like it, I'm going to throw a tantrum. And if I can't throw a tantrum, I'm going to post it. And if I can't post it, listen, we'll call other people. We'll passive and aggressively text how angry we are. Listen, if I can just, before you go to the front, like before you go to the phone, go to the throne. Amen or oh me. Don't be insecure. Don't be a kid. Don't be instinct. Don't be a pretender. Don't be a hero. Don't be somebody that you're not. God has uniquely created you to play your role. Be who you need to be. Transition. Transition today from the pain in your past, from the lies that Lucifer's been giving. Transition from the selfishness that reminds God of Satan. Transition to, transition to what? Transition to promises that God has for you. A future that is looking forward. You know what? Transition to a savior who's sovereign. I'll close out with this. Chris Harper of Better Man Ministries, the old men's fraternity guy, we were doing an event a couple months ago and I made this quote and I love the quote. He said, what we don't transition from, we transfer to. So if we're gonna become something, and be strong and courageous. We need to deal with some of the pain in our own lives because if we don't transition from the pain and hurt, we will transfer it onto the other people that we work with, that we live with, that we love. Some of you men in here, you need to transition from the person you are or you're gonna transfer it onto your children. And we need you. We need you. There's an enemy who roams and roars like a lion. We need you. This church needs you. Vet, you're not done serving. You're already used to a life of, life of service already. Your service is not done. Men and women of Southcliff, we need you. There's an old story of a Persian king who was going through conquering all the different Greek cities. When he got to the area of Sparta, he started sending scouts into the cities. When he sent the, when he sent the Persian scout into the Spartan cities, the scout was just blown away because he walked in and he saw that most cities have walls, but the Spartan cities didn't have walls. There's a story of one of the Persian scouts going into the, a Spartan city, going up to the king and saying, our armies are waiting, we're coming, we're gonna tear down your walls. You don't even have a wall, you have no defense. We're gonna come in and we're just gonna take over. And immediately the Spartan king called out an order in Greek to which all the Spartan men got up side by side, lined up, ready to go with their shields and their armor. And the king said, you don't understand something. 
Some cities have walls, but here, our people are the wall. In Southcliff, you're the wall. So maybe we need to start listening to what this sovereign savior is saying to us about where our place is in being strong and courageous, doing things out of love, with the goal, with the strategy, with the tactic. Would you pray with me real quick? Just bow your head and close your eyes. I don't don't care if you've been here 50 years or you've been here five minutes. I just want you to close close your eyes and bow your head just to get alone for a second. When we were raising our daughters, Danielle and I, we taught our children to say three phrases when we were in contact with somebody that we loved and valued and respected. The first off thing that we asked them to say was that if they ever did something wrong, they were to say, I'm sorry. If they ever wanted to uh, receive something that was of great value, they were to receive it and say, thank you. And then when they wanted to ask for something, they would, they, they would ask by saying, please. And so that's what we're gonna do today. I'm sorry, thank you, and please. I'm sorry for what? Well, maybe today you just sit here and go, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've rebelled. I'm sorry I've lived in my own insecurities. I'm sorry that I've been throwing temper tantrums. I'm sorry that I see things from a selfish point of view. I'm sorry I have rebelled against your plan for my life. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've rebelled and sinned. Sin last night, sin years, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But thank you that you died on the cross to pay for my rebellion. Thank you, thank you. Thank you that you stayed in the room while it was on fire and let me escape, thank you. I'm sorry that I've rebelled, but thank you. So please, please forgive me. Please come into my heart. For those of us that have made that decision already, maybe years ago, please once again, I submit to you. You are my king. You're my savior, you're my king. I'm sorry that I've rebelled. Thank you that you died and rose again for me. And would you please forgive me? Would you please renew your steadfast spirit within me? Cast me not away, but renew your spirit within me today. Please renew a fire in me. Please renew a passion. Please show me where I'm at on the wall, where my place is at this church, where my place is in your kingdom. Because I'm watchful and I'm gonna stand firm in your grace and in your power. And I'll do things out of your love. Everyone at Southcliff Church, thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Southcliff Church, please go to southcliff.com to share a testimony of how God has encouraged you through this ministry. Send an email to scpodcast at southcliff.com. That's scpodcast at southcliff.com. Click the Give button on our webpage to discover how this ministry is supported. Your financial gifts help accomplish the mission God has given us.